This episode is brought to you by Sparkling Ice. If you're on the hunt for show-stopping flavor for your thirst, skip the blah and grab a Sparkling Ice. With over 17 original flavors made with zero sugar, vitamins, and antioxidants, Sparkling Ice is the anything-but-subtle bottle of tasty goodness all in on bold flavor that you can taste. You can find Sparkling Ice just about wherever your thirst hits, from online to grocery stores, bodegas, and convenience stores. Hello and welcome to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. I'm Aileen. And you are here for our final succession recap. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are you alright? Devastating news. How are you how are you taking it? How am I taking the fact that it's over? Yeah. I feel good that it's over because like it wrapped in a nice way. I think that like if this show dragged on after the way that this season went because it was pretty fast paced. I think that I would be upset next season. <laughs> Unless they went a completely different direction. I feel like Logan could not have died in this season if they wanted another one. Um, but so I am happy that it kind of ended and I'm really happy with the way it ended. I feel like it was a nice, it just made sense. <laughs> yes, it was. I found it to be a very satisfying, well done finale, uh, but I am very sad that it ended. Nevertheless, <laughs> as Greg said so eloquently earlier in the season, I mostly just feel sad because, like, when are we getting the next show like this? I mean, we have White Lotus, but mm, other than the that, same. when is the – I don't feel something else creeping up in this way, and I haven't even seen a preview for such a show. But that's so. a good thing because, like, we're, they're not suppo- – like, these shows aren't – If they, they wouldn't be so good if there was, like, 100 of them a year. And no, I don't want a hundred. I just want one rolling at all times. But that's what I mean. That's I guess a hundred of them. Rolling. That's like a lot of them in like many, like you, you, when you call back to your, like the best shows of all time, there's only a handful. So like, you can't just, you have to like, kind of, they have to feel like treats. <laughs> right. You I know, mean, and then you can go back life. and rewatch. Such is life. But I also feel like there's more entertaining sports at all times. So we should have so not the you know, same. You know, I know, I know. Great <laughs> art is not the same as like a ball game. Okay, so shall we go into our final shareholder earnings report? Mm-hmm. How many way stars are you giving the finale? I'm giving it a, a good five. Could you are you shocked? <laughs> no, I I am glad you're giving it a five. I am giving it a five. I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to give it a five just because they sink in, I think, like over, you know, hours. And I ultimately decided to give it a five. I thought that it was just like tonally perfect. Mm -hmm. It made sense for all the characters. Mm -hmm. It was not heavy handed. It wasn't like we got to make discourse. You know, it was just sort of like, this is a sensible way that it would have gone. And I feel that every character got what they deserved, kind of. And it wasn't like dramatic just for the sake of drama and just like shit happening. Like there's no murder. Like, you know what I mean? I I liked that. But not just because I felt satisfied. Oh, no. It is because I felt very satisfied with the ending, but not just because of like how it what happened but like how and why everything happened like I felt like I felt like I was on an emotional journey with these characters on the way in the way these things panned out it was like I felt 
it was like I felt the way it happened with them rather than like watching it as it happened to them. And like, that's why I really, really liked it. And I felt satisfied. And I was very emotional at the end. Like, so like the two scenes that I cried in was the hand holding scene. And the, the very end, the very end and the very, very end. The scene, like the aerial view of Colin following Kendall. Interesting. Why did you? Why did you cry? Oh my at god! The last scene of Kendall. Because, because I'm an emotional human being. Right. Okay. Fair. But like, what was making you cry? Well, first it was just like a complete. Like again, talk about the momentum of this episode. It was so fucking perfectly paced. Oh, it was paced. Like it was slow. Then it was sweet. Then it was fast. And then. During that fight scene, like my jaw, I watched like jaw dropping. Like I, I, my jaw was full, my mouth was open. I was like, oh, because I was feeling both like so embarrassed for Kendall and like, because everybody was, there's no turning back from that. Talk about like how embarrassing it was for Roman just to cry at his dad's funeral, as he says. Like Kendall, there's no turning back from like beating like like having a full physical fight with your brother while everybody watches like the most important people of the company so okay going from that to then like fast forward to everything that happens and then it just gets like really dark in a way and then when Shiv when like Tom holds his hand out that's when I was just like my tears just started coming because it was like it was like again that that moment of connection almost the same thing that like you felt on the on the beach, post cruise, you know, not, not cruises, but that cruise, not the cruise, not a yacht. Croatia. <laughs> yeah, when they, they sat, when it was just like they hashed it out just a little. This was really felt like they hashed it out a lot, and now they have this like sort of loose relationship. But that feeling of like why Shiv chose him and their family, her family over her other family, was just her like, family of origin. You know, and she just felt she chose Tom despite, despite every, despite her brothers and everything that she felt the whole episode. I just felt like was just like a gut punch in a way and almost like I feel you and like maybe as a, <laughs> because I'm pregnant, like remember when I was saying like Chiv being pregnant is going to change the way the show ends and like it totally did like she, I believe that she would not have done this. Had she not been pregnant? I don't think – I think she would have done it had she not been pregnant. But I think that her pregnancy brought to light one yeah. of the most important things about Kendall that the writers – I think it was just oh, – it was perfect. The way they just casually revealed his inability to have children. And then we learn through that because they're referencing the bloodline in that fight, because they were willing to go places that like you, they would never have gone. They if cleared it wasn't. the air too. They they didn't clear the air in the Caribbean. They cleared the air of how they felt about each other. I didn't sense Kendall. that they cleared the air. I sensed that they destroyed their relationship mm -hmm. for like years to come. Maybe like the fact that they went, that Roman brought that up, which was a secret to us. Yeah. And I thought such an amazing way to amazing way to include something in the finale that sunk in with you later. Mm -hmm. Like how subtle they were about implying that he cannot have children. But it really opened up like the entire concept 
of what has motivated Kenzel from the beginning. Like the fact that he wants a legacy, that he doesn't have another way to leave a legacy. And Shiv having a baby enables her to do that. I don't think that this like changed her choice. Like I think she would have been motivated kind of the same way. But I do think that it was really central to the ending. I think Shiv was mad at Kendall and wouldn't let him anyway. I hear you about the legacy. I I totally. But I think that Shiv's anger at Tom, had he not been like the future father of her children and like her family, I think she would have been more mad at Tom than had to have her future of stomaching Kendall. And I think she would have been too pissed off. And I don't think it would have gone there. I, I see her like wanting to get Tom back for everything and like not give him that satisfaction because she he 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 really but he betrayed her again. And maybe, but it wouldn't have but the difference is I think that the whole season would have gone differently because she wouldn't her conversations with Tom Pryor would right. have been different. So I don't think that like we would have even been in this position because Tom might have not even taken the same route to the top had all of the things had Shiv not been pregnant. Oh, I think he would have done exactly the same things. It, Tom it would have, have been. He just found out the other day. But it doesn't. But He's she was wanted. already relating to him differently throughout. So the whole thing would have been different. Either way, you, I think we can't even like go. I know, but back anyway. So just so just going back, I totally agree with you about the legacy. I thought that was like a really epic moment. Really epic and terrible. Fucking awful, Roman. Awful. Like really cruel. Really cruel and the worst moment ever. Just really hurting someone when they're already down. It was really shocking. But I just want to go back to the point about clearing the air. I do believe like because it was clear the air Caribbean. What was it? Caribbean air clear. Caribbean air clear. In reality, they cleared nothing in the Caribbean. And they instead made jokes about murdering and not saying what they really wanted to say. And in that in that boardroom is all of the shit basically about their succession that nobody said out loud or wanted to say out loud or could say out loud. And they finally fucking said it. And that was in the worst way possible. It was a, it was a boardroom conference room air clear and yeah it ruined it could ruin their relationships for for a very long time i don't think forever but for a very long time to me this was not an air clear what shiv and tom had was an air clear because they're moving on this was scorched earth this was like kendall is not having a relationship with his two siblings ever again and i think that everything that happened in the caribbean was not necessary like i i think that it was like a way to convince Shiv to go along with it, but she never wanted to go along with it. I think that everyone's like, oh, why did she change her mind? It's like, she didn't change her mind. She just, she was never really bought into it being Kendall in the first place. Well, but that's what I mean. Like if Shiv would have just, instead of being like, oh, why don't we just murder him? (laughs) Wouldn't that be easier? You know, the whole show is about them not not being real with each other and just using jokes as deflection. If Shiv had just been like, listen, I can't go along with it. I don't think you'll do a good job. And like if they had just been honest there instead of taking Kendall to that really, really awful point, the way that they did it to him was really fucked up. And like they could have just 
talked about it there and really had a real air clear and it may have not turned into scorched earth and relationship ending experience. Like that was the moment that they could have had that. And it was the three of them. It was intimate. It was just them together. It was pre-board meeting. They could have just said, let's just sail off into the sunset with our money, half stock. This is before they even knew Tom was the CEO. It was just that that could have been the moment. But they didn't because they can't. They can't without this like create. And obviously for the show, they had to have this like big moment. But they also aren't capable of having like vulnerable kind of conversations like that unless something crazy happens like their dad died so that's that's what i think about like that was a really important scene and they foreshadowed to this scene where they left him out floating on the water like in the most unsettling way and he chose to go no but you know what i mean like it was just a foreshadowing of like the the way in which like the whole scene, I mean, the scene was unsettling, but he, they were foreshadowing to the board scene where he was just kind of floating on his own and the kids were on the beach. Like they just kind of left him in the future. Yeah, I mean, my my feeling on that was not that like, I do not think that they were ever going to be at a place in their own minds where they could have had as honest a conversation as they did in the boardroom. Because even though I don't think Shiv was ever totally in on Kendall in her head, like emotionally, I do think that when she walked into Waystar Royco before the board meeting, she was intending to vote for him. Yeah. And then I think a bunch of things happened right before mm -hmm. that kind of gave her cold feet. Like, for example, Carol Carolina coming over to her and saying that, you know, we have a chance to change the culture. Can we push Hugo out? I think she realized that Kendall had lied to her the night before about Carolina and everybody knowing that Shiv was out. So I think she realized that like he was bluffing to her. So she was like, wait, like this wasn't this. This is weird. Like Kendall lied to me about everybody knowing I'm out to try to get me to agree to vote for him. So that's number one. I think the second was she saw him like take over Logan's well, he put his feet on the table. I think that was like a yeah, big no. moment. I think the feet on the table really like. B bothered her I think the fact that he started being all like yo bro to Stewie yes, yes and being like I'll give you a really good position yes and then chair when they actually got to the board meeting I I'm not sure if it was like Kendall's inability like unwillingness to actually give a business reason to the board that's like you know I don't like this deal we're not gonna do it if you uh want to do it you're gonna have to find someone to replace me and everyone's like yeah finally and then I also think that Roman, like the order of the voting, when Roman hesitated even for a second, I think she was like, wait, it's 6-6. Six, six. He doesn't have the numbers because he didn't fucking count them. And I think she, I don't know, maybe she noticed like the stitches. I wasn't sure. But to me, she didn't walk out 100% sure she wasn't going to vote for him. I think he, Kenzel, I think pushed her into his reaction to potentially losing it is what made her be mm -hmm. sure not to vote for him. And then the final straw was like the conversation about the waiter and denying it and the way he was screaming at her. That's what I think really pushed her. He was so, well, cause he was in a complete panic in that moment. 
but he did not do a good job of like expressing his point to why he, she should vote because again like the reason why she thought maybe this would be good it'd be the three of them they could run the business together take on their dad's legacy but kendall in that moment made it very clear it was just about kendall and kendall's fulfillment and kendall's only way out or forward or through and it wasn't about them and i think also in that moment shiv calculated beyond the child thing she also calculated that she has more she has more pull or more of a future with tom as ceo forget the forget the kid being a successor or whatever the fuck because tom could get fired in a year but like she has more pull as being tom's now the ceo's wife than the ceo's sister who she's already seen time and time again will cast her aside and, and he would and he would and does and has so like i think it was just like a multi a really quick sort yeah. of i see kendall being confident again can't stomach him because he's so annoying when he's confident though all three of them are so annoying when they're confident yeah. she's like would you i'll see my ip to the hundred talks well, that was a joke. I think, I think, no, uh, in the first scene when she walks in to speak to uh, Madsen and she does not stop talking with me as CEO, yeah. And then she just keeps going. It was, that was unstomachable as well as Kendall being unstomachable in that CEO. He, it just, they should have done it in his office, but like it just didn't, it, they're all so annoying when but they're also, so confident. Like, Tom would be better. CEO. Absolutely. As any sort of corporate job, Tom is better at it. He's proven that. Sure, he's like a total like pawn. Empty but, suit. But who cares? Empty suit, dummy. Who cares? That's what that's more effective. Because I mean, we can talk about his conversation with Matt and we should get to that. Like he I think she, I agree. She calculated in that moment, mm -hmm. but I think she was wavering and she could have gone back to vote for him. But I because agree. he refused to ever make any sort of business argument or any argument besides like, like I, I will know. die if you don't vote for me. I know. Like that is not, it just made him seem way worse. It was just about him. Right. And I mean, that is the tragedy of Kendall. Yeah. Well, I, this takes me to my next crying moment which is when Kendall, the aerial shot of Kendall walking and that because it was just first they show the first shot is just Kendall walking by himself didn't make me upset because it's just Kendall looking sad <laughs> as we a good see Instagram good that, Instagram you know? and yeah. also I think they nodded to that maybe Instagram during the when they were swimming in the ocean oh, when they were like happy Kendall <laughs> smile bitch smile Kendall look happy Kendall but okay, but then when they, after they just showed his face and then they zoomed out and it was Colin, well, then they showed Colin following him and then they zoomed out and showed the way in which Colin is just standing behind and following him. That made me so emotional and cry again because it was like, first of all, it was Logan security following like the specter him. specter of Logan. Just following him. It's almost as if like, Logan from above or below is is like still protecting him or protecting him from like hurting himself the same way as like in early seasons when he, you know, all of a sudden he goes up to the roof and that glass balcony is there. It's the, it's the equivalent of the glass balcony at all times. You don't see how it happens, but it's there. And Logan is just watching over him 
in this protecting way. And then the moment that, yes, that was sad to me. But then when you just realize that Kendall is just still a boy, like he's just a little boy. Yeah. And like, I'm going to cry now. It was just so upsetting. Not upsetting, you cried because it was sad. like Because it was like, like existentially sad? Yeah, because it was just like, he's just this boy. <laughs> like, he's just a kid. Like, he can't grow up. He couldn't have grown up. His dad promised him this shit. He didn't understand that he needed to, like, what it meant to work for it and what it meant, like, to actually do what let's we're saying Tom can do. And he was just this boy and he lost a game. And yeah. he was just sad. And... But he has like sort of nothing except his dad's like watchful eye. And that to me was just like, I couldn't self cry. But then it ended and it was great. <laughs> you know, it's like interesting because I I didn't feel that as like sad. Well, I felt it as sad, but almost in like a pitiful way. Like this boy who I now, I thought it was such an interesting um image to see him as the seven-year-old who got promised the CEO mm -hmm. job at Candy Kitchen when he was seven. Him calling himself the eldest boy. Which, not even. <laughs> and she goes, you're not. <laughs> She's, no, you're but not. he called himself a boy. There's a difference because yes. he says boy and Connor says son. Yes. I They're, thought it was very. And Shiv calls them a toddlers or children. They also act – she called him a fucking child when she yeah. stormed out. Yeah, that was But it. like also, yeah, think about how what how they celebrated deciding that they were going to give Kendall the CEO spot. They make him – did you ever do this as a child? Make like a gross concoction in your kitchen? Like the most disgusting – not drink no. it, but make one? I only oh. do that when I'm – when I used to be like high and then just eat it. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not a concoction that you no. eat. Like when you're in second grade and you're like, let's fuck around and see if we can make the grossest thing ever. Yeah. And that's like a child's experiment. That was yeah. whatever. My house was – that was something we did. Okay. But um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Like because that's so disgusting and repulsive to an adult. And like after you make a business deal, I don't – think that that's like what you're thinking of doing but they as are still children yeah. who go into their mommy's kitchen uh -huh. and they make this like gross concoction yes. and it does underscore that Kendall by the way Jeremy Strong really did drink that really like, yeah he several would. times and he threw I up love Jeremy Strong <laughs> oh my god he's so dramaturgically annoying. Um, no, he's so he's he's necessary. I, I'm not saying he's not. I just it's not my vibe. Let me just like people I who agree. take themselves. I don't want to hang out with him. I think but I'm I just love like, him like as just like this type of person that exists and is just like perfect for this role. I agree, but I think there's something about me that's like repelled by people who take themselves that seriously. Oh, I love. Like that. I just like there's a vibe that I'm like. Oh, can you just calm down, please? <laughs> but I think that I agree. It was very, I thought it was the perfect ending. I know I had predicted that Kendall would kill himself, but I thought I was actually happier I'm so that happy they, they didn't do that. Let it be sort of unclear because I think that this was just like the, it ended on the perfect like emotional note. It shows that he'll never be anything without like, Logan's paid supervision without essentially a babysitter for the rest of his life. Jeremy Strong also said that when they filmed, he shot a final scene where that wasn't written into the script, but that he like ran to the barrier and tried to jump over. And Colin, 
who he, the actor, he didn't warn the actor that he was going to do this, but the actor goes and saves him from jumping over. I can't wait to listen. They didn't use that ending, obviously, but Jesse Armstrong told Jeremy Strong why he didn't want to use that ending, but Jeremy makes it clear that this is kind of like the end of the road for Kendall and that he's nothing without this. But I thought it was perfect because if they had shown that, only people would have just been talking about how like Kendall Kendall killed himself. And it wouldn't have been like as nuanced of a conversation. See, the thing is, is that regardless of Jeremy Strong is saying about being the end of the road, I don't necessarily agree. And this is why I like that it ended that way. I I think that, and Jesse Armstrong says this in the controlling the narrative thing, like Kendall will never be, this was as close as Kendall will get to be like to have that corporate like status as his father, right? Like as the only way he'll get it is to take over for his father as he felt was promised his whole life. And he goes he goes on to say he might start uh, start some other company or do whatever, but we all know that's never going to be good. But I do believe that there is there there is a nugget of optimism in that like we know that he's capable of going to therapy. I'd like to think about it more optimistically and think that it's not a complete lost cause. I think he can maybe one day, he'll he'll be able to grieve his father for real. He'll be able to grieve the loss of the company. It might take five to 10 years, but I don't think it's like the end, the end for him. He, they have so much money. I think that he'll figure it out. Maybe he'll find a new wife. Maybe he'll have a sense of maybe he'll go on some sort of like in, like retreat thing and that. like do fucking Buddhism. I just... He already tried that, remember? Listen, he but it, he tries it, but not... There's one... Yeah, but when you have in the back of your mind that you're going to go back to corporate America and like do, you know, CEO job of public company, I think like it's a different vibe. I would liken it more to like someone that he always wanted to be in a relationship with until they're officially off the market and married. He's not willing to give up the hopes that that relationship with that on-off person could be – Yeah. Could be – happening it's, it's like real closure for somebody in their li- life and and i don't think closure means the end of the road i think it's closure that just it just happened and now he can like shape what his new life will be like but it will take a while for him to figure out how to shape that but i don't think it's the end the end i don't think that he's gonna hurt himself maybe there'll be very dark years but i i do believe he could heal so I think that's an optimistic take. I am and trying I to be optimistic. I believe there's like a 2% chance of that happening to this hypothetical <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and whenever I have a problem that I just can't seem to wrap my head about, if I have intrusive thoughts or I have something I just like I'm avoiding, I always go to therapy because I know my therapist can help me work through the issue, come out on the other side, and just leave the session feeling like everything's going to be okay. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough, and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. This episode of At Betches is brought to you by FrameBridge. Around our office, we have so many colorful framed art prints and photos. It creates such a fun atmosphere and gives our space that unique Betches character. I've been a longtime user of FrameBridge because anytime I want to frame something, custom framing can be so difficult and expensive, and they don't always have the sizes you want online if you want to try to frame something yourself. So then your options are to bring something to an expensive framing store or leave it in your closet collecting dust. But FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to get your special artwork and memories in frames so you can spice up your space with ease. Basically, everything in my house has been framed by FrameBridge. We got our wedding photos done immediately by FrameBridge. We've hung a gallery wall. FrameBridge is truly my go-to. They make it so easy to select a frame to see how they would look online. And they send you packaging so that you can send in the thing you want framed so that it won't get ruined. We all know that getting custom frames can be difficult, but FrameBridge is easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. You can easily order online at FrameBridge.com or visit a retail store if you need some guidance. You can either upload a digital photo for them to print or mail in an item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging that I mentioned. Then FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or visit a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Maybe we go back to the beginning, to the Caribbean air clear, because there were so many... I thought that what was so great about this episode was that it was very succession-y in that it had, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it has, what I think made the show so good was that even though these people were despicable, there were so many entertaining, dare I say it, slightly heartwarming parts Uh about the way that they relate to each other and so many funny asides and... The fact that they made the finale an hour and a half, I think, really lent itself to going into those those moments more. And I think that's kind of what was lacking in the last episode, if you remember Possibly, we discussed yeah. that. I was thrilled that Caroline, their mother, made a final appearance uh-huh. in this episode. She is one of my favorite terrible characters. She's very funny. The whole thing that she – I mean, she's very funny. She, like – refuses to she starts shit between the children and she encourages them to sort of all meet to argue and then she gets mad when they are then arguing with each other i thought she really just had them over just so that peter and his friend jonathan can pitch them oh yes at the end peter goal that was a fucking waste of time (laughs) oh yeah i mean i i agree with you that that was kind of the that was like 70% of the yeah. of her intentions, which just shows she's such like a, she's such a shit, you know? Yeah. She's a terrible mother. Peach's cheeses. He <laughs> gets so boring about Peter's that. special cheese. Yeah. Oh, Peter so hates so. the nobbies. Yeah, Peter hates the nobbies. Well, I ate was, a nobby to this morning. <laughs> I like the nobbies personally. I don't mind the nobbies. It's like I free like bread. <laughs> It's. I think I just like crust. It's interesting that that was all going on around food because the running joke is that Caroline does not feed them. Yeah. And yet she's so obsessed with Peach's special cheeses. Yeah. I love that. I thought it was really interesting that she called her – she says that she seems to have landed herself the only hellhole in paradise. I know. Because that's like the whole family's existence. I know. That was great. 
meal but, fit for a but king. But there was a gr- there was a really meal funny scene. King. Well, first of all, in the meal fit for a king, when Shiv tried to do an English accent from her American accent, it was so bad. It was when Tabasco. she goes a little Tabasco. <laughs> like it was just I thought terrible. She was trying to do Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> No, I think she was trying to do British off of English from British. Why couldn't she just do British then? <laughs> because it would have been too perfect. <laughs> and then she would have broken. I thought They're that such was... good actors. Also, when they were like, Jonathan's slipping. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. The making fun of Jonathan was so funny. It was so funny. And also when Roman earlier on, when they were sitting and they were like talk- doing like the cunt lines or that, that, that whole does. does yeah shiv goes to kendall take it like a man and eat it and then roman goes oh my what a lovely night on the terrace <laughs> i thought that was such a funny it line so funny that- the whole the whole caribbean like everything was really funny because again it was just like family being family like the creamy margins oh. on jonathan oh, it was so fucking funny didn't you think it was interesting that he's pitching like a shitty end of life care and kendall pitched living plus which is like amazing end of life care right right it was creamy just margins creamy oh, that's margins. So gross. Oh, what a lovely evening on the terrace um and then they also bring up like joan of waystar i thought that was like really it was just good what about um good kendall lines. pouring out the lemonade because he thinks shiv poisoned it like you think she I brought that with when? her i missed that he gets shiv's sitting there he goes early bird catches the roam and there's two glasses of lemonade and he pours he takes and empties one before he pours another one. So like, oh, I didn't Shiv brought poison to this island? No. The whole thing, they were all just kind of being children. Even Roman dressed like an actual boy. That was, was a perfect choice. He was just dressed like in a kid's outfit. Like he might have been just needed a backpack to go to middle school. Yeah. Like it was it was perfect. One of my favorite parts were their jokes about murdering him. I know that you were like, that's how they take something really serious and make it unserious but deflecting he would be so annoying if it went wrong the murdering (laughs) yeah (laughs) we were thinking of murdering you but too much murder admin it was good i i didn't like laugh because again i knew that they felt they were just deflecting oh i laughed moment because i was like oh this is not going to end well we're only halfway in the episode (laughs) well i also thought it was because they all use the phrase kill to mean just like knockout of the CEO race but then they started using it then all of a sudden she uses it to really mean murder but she's also still kidding so a king doesn't wear a silly hat a king wears a crown so while they were in the Caribbean Tom has this scene right meeting with Madsen which I loved that scene yeah Madsen has been scheduling hangs with Tom to see if he is fit for the ceo role yes and this is his third hang more was, fucking hanging than a dictator's birthday he goes i'm scared he's gonna want to play online games and i'll just be running into a wall for hours <laughs> like and i picture that it was so funny it's like bore on the floor he goes through they go so they go to a museum and tom is like i think the colors go well <laughs> yeah the colors go well that you know the colors they go well <laughs> tom is so not savvy in that way but it, it also is so then they go to dinner and Matson goes, give me, you know, the one page pitch on Tom, mm-hmm. the main slide. And Tom is basically saying, did a great job. I can't really hang because I'm too busy worrying about work. And I basically his argument is I take work too seriously to be a good hang and I'm not fucking around and I'll 
be the pain sponge for you and I will take all the hits that you don't want to take. That everything Tom said, that I found I was laughing because when he goes, I have a high tolerance for pain and physical discomfort. (laughs) Like that was like very funny because it was also so like he just knew how to pitch himself in that moment. Like that's what Kendall did not do. He could not perform and pitch himself or why he would be good at the job and not like like didn't doesn't put the business first or the company first and that's what tom did because he knows because he knows what he is as a manager none of those three kids would could ever describe what they would be like as a manager or what they do in the job or day to day they would have and no if they clue. did describe themselves it would not be as it would not be as favorably as what tom described about himself it wouldn't be about margins creamy margins it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be, be about-, about costs or revenue or and maybe it would but the way that kendall would say it would literally be so annoying and it would be just like very vague and like jokey you know or like and a he, lie straight up yeah 500 just, houses yeah <laughs> a thousand houses. six continents yeah <laughs> yeah right like what, what i think they they and maybe this is evident in how not close they were to logan which you see from that virtual dinner party, mm-hmm. is that they all saw Logan, almost like what Shiv said in her eulogy, from outside the door. They yeah. saw the results. They saw him talking about getting onto six continents yes. and and getting these higher margins and all these things. But they did not see that there are actual – there's substance behind that. Mm-hmm. So they thought if they like imitate those words, use all the right words, make all totally. the right numbers, that that is the same as – doing it right and actually making money and being a killer but tom they were playing yeah. at ceo toy soldiers toy soldiers they're not serious people they were playing at it but in there at least maybe in kendall's defense i believe that he really thought that's what it meant because that's as far as his dad kind of would let him go i mean i think i really that kendall- think that look I, that like, is to that is to take away all of kendall's agency and say that he could not have actually like, Kendall had every op- – let's be real. Kendall, if he's a real person, had every opportunity. It was his to lose, and he lost. So it's not Logan's no, fault. No, but Logan you know? babied them. They He he p- babied them as, as his kids because he never believed that he could take them seriously. It was always against them because they grew up with them, all the money. And so there was never really this opportunity for them to – really learn what it meant like what were the value of work meant or the value of making they don't understand what it means to work for something because they don't care about how much money they're making or what value they bring to a bigger thing because they were never led inside like the fact that even fucking logan brings shiv in it's time to bring you in not because he wants to show her the ropes of what it means to be in the company or what it means to work. He just wanted to use her as a pawn. And I just think like, yes, of course, they all have agency. But like their context of their whole life and their upbringing is what like, it's, it's they couldn't, nobody could be honest. It was like, maybe this isn't the right path for you. Like dad should have said that instead of promising him the kingdom from age seven. Like, I don't think it's all of their fault. It's like the collection of everybody's faults. Of course. I mean, that's why Jesse Armstrong describes it as a tragedy because yes. it's sort of inevitable that they're they're not going to be able to get beyond, you know, their sort of given circumstances. 
The fact yeah. is that people have free will, but it almost feels like they are all doomed, which you could, I mean, you could argue based on where everyone comes out that there are different levels of doomed, but um, <laughs> even Tom. ultimately at the end of the day, they were doomed. Yeah, Tom, I agree, is also kind of doomed. I think at the end of the day, you can sort of agree that these characters have been dealt a hand that really looks very good on the outside, but the point of the show is to demonstrate that they're terrible people. They're not serious mm-hmm. people. And the idea that these billionaires are like worthy is kind of a lie. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally. mean, that's just why it's like one of my favorite shows ever. But okay, so going back to Tom, somebody um, DM'd me asking like, do you think that Madsen was fucking with or testing Tom when he was talking about wanting to have sex with Shiv? Yes. Or do you think that he was just, he actually did want to and he was just being his quirky self? I think he both would have sex with Shiv and I think she would have sex with him. I think that is true. But the reason that he decided to bring it Yeah. But the reason that he decided to bring it up was to test Tom. He was like, Okay, you tell me you're a pain sponge, I'm gonna tell you that your wife your wife wants to fuck me. And he says, Does that make I the when I knew that it was a test is because he asked him, Does that make you uncomfortable? It that like that in itself was a test. Yeah. I think ironically, Shiv in the first scene is the one who made Matson take Tom seriously because she was trying to throw him of under this, the bus as, of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yes, when, totally. She when dropped she was so like, many things in there. Right when she was like, honestly, he'll suck the biggest dick in the room. Mm-hmm. He's you know plausible corporate matter, but uh, if you don't want to keep him, it's fine. She says he was competent. And she says he's well-liked. That's those two right. big things. You could see Matson's eyes being like, oh, okay. Like That's she why was, it was so stupid. No, but it wasn't it, because I think no she was, of her. No, but it wasn't really because she didn't understand what she was doing. And yeah, maybe that was That's what makes her stupid. stupid. But it wasn't because, again, she was doing the thing where she was like, okay, like I fucked up and I threw my husband under the bus. And so maybe here I can just sort of say nice things because I could never imagine him choosing Tom. Because like how could I like how could how could Matson fuck me over? That was also her her weakness is that she just she didn't really see it. She didn't have a better play. And Matson was definitely mad about the cartoon. Like Oh yeah. She also so, loved the cartoon though. He was mad the about the was cartoon. Her peak of life. And I think the cartoon also another question was was Matson planning to screw her over the whole time? I think the cartoon pushed him over the edge because he says in his little speech to Tom, he doesn't want a partner. He wants like to boss somebody around. So I think that's what pushed him over the edge to go and start interviewing other people. But I don't think that he ever really took Shiv seriously. I think that he was always fucking with her in the way that he would never speak like that to Logan. The way in which he was just toying with her, like, oh, who do you think should be the CEO, knowing she's already pitched herself for that in, like, the closet, or the, the, the it wasn't a closet, room. the coat room. <laughs> and at the funeral. That, that was the second time. Yeah, like, she had to do it again. And he still asked, like, who do you think? You know, I think that he was always messing with her or using her but leading her on. I think it was really naive of her not to see three steps ahead with him like how can you trust this guy i think that she wasn't used to anyone even pretending to take her seriously Mm -hmm. and so he was willing to entertain her and give her attention and she was sort of floating out on her own this season 
And I think she was kind of like the Katie Maloney of this season when she started out. Like she didn't really have any allies because she was separated from her one big ally. I think that she, okay, I think that he was using her the whole time. He even sort of alludes to it like she was good for the political connections, good for the name. She helped him navigate. Of course, he was using her. I also think there was like a little bit of sexual tension that he enjoyed playing with. And she Mm -hmm. also enjoyed like getting that attention. I don't think that he necessarily was like, oh, I'm going to string her along and then screw her. But he was just sort of in each moment deciding to continue that that would be the most beneficial thing. But I also think that you could watch this show from entirely just the perspective of Shiv being a woman. I was about to say that. Yeah. That she was never going to get more than this under Mm -hmm. any circumstance, no matter Mm -hmm. who was the quote successor. This was the best that Shiv was ever going to get because all the people in this world will not take a woman seriously. And that is the bottom line. The best you can get is like Jerry, you know, a big payout because you were sexually harassed by the boss's son. No, Jerry's staying on though. Right. But there there was going to be well, Tom wants to keep Jerry, but there was... Because there Shiv wanted of, to keep Jerry. They're keeping all the people that Shiv told Matson they should keep. Then why did Kendall say she's getting a big payout? Because that's when they thought that they still had it. Right, like, okay. Jerry yeah. was being fired under CEO bro's rule, but then when they switched guard, right. that original kill list went into effect. The thing about Shiv being a woman, I totally agree. Even like there was hints of that misogyny when he was saying like oh why not get well first of all he even brings up fucking someone his ceo which a and that's the reason why he doesn't want to get like that would get too messy like that in itself is misogyny right but then but even with ebba as evidence exactly but say that was just all a test put that aside then he goes on further and to say like why not choose the man who put the baby inside the woman than the baby lady than the baby lady when he says that i was like oh but I think Shiv's, the reason why Shiv, this is as far as Shiv was going to get, it's a reflection again of the three siblings of what, and you said this at the beginning, what they deserve, but also what they deserve based on what they've worked for. It's everyone gets what they worked for, not what they're entitled to. Yes. Because Shiv really didn't have the experience. She d- has no fucking experience in the corporate world. She was brought in like two a year ago, a year and a half ago. Like this she is did not, the strategic review. She, this is not her place. She's not good at it. He can see it when she talks in circles. And it's just so, there's the insecurity or like it is just seeping out of her pores. The same with Roman, how he ended where he started. Like just kind of being kind of free, doesn't have to think about being in the company. He didn't want to be in the company to begin with. Right. And he like entered just Logan to compete. Yes, Logan played him. And and they all just kind of got not what they deserve, but what they earned. What they earned, exactly, through their own work. I totally agree with you. People did get what they earned. And you can see that by who Tom decides to keep at the end. He keeps all of the serious people. And, and they're he, women. Yeah. He keeps Carolina. He keeps Jerry. He... <laughs> He, he kills, kicks out Carl and... He kicks Carl. Yeah, Carl, um, dead, 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 Frank, dead. I thought... So him keeping Greg, because I know there were questions oh, about why, scene. why he kept Greg, even after Greg oh, sort I of... have the answer. ...betrayed him. So I'm curious what you think it is. My answer is that 
ultimately, Tom needs people to be in thrall to him and in debt to him. And Greg is more helpful on his side rather than not on his side. And it's almost like, okay, you screwed me, but I'm going to be benevolent and I'm going to keep you. And you're going to still be my attack dog because I was generous enough to keep you. Absolutely. He went, Greg went back down to status of Greg. And while he can't necessarily trust Greg, he's the person he can trust the most (laughs) from all of the people he's going to surround himself with in this company. Because he has now, like you said, he's indebted to him and Greg is desperate. And he needs that kind of person on his side because now he knows that Greg can't go to Matson. He says, Matson fucking hates you. Like, you can't go above me. He called me. him Judas. You tried, yes. You tried to go around me. You tried to go above me, but you're an idiot. You lost. You fucked it. And now, you, if you want to stay with me, you can. But as Greg, not Greg with 10 little Gregs, you're just going to be Greg. And I also think that Tom does love him. I think that he's like sort of like this little mini son or little brother to him because the two of them always wanted, you know, when he goes, you fucked the quadded, you fucked the quad. Like, I think there's like a lot of, you know, like the sibling relationships around the show and those two were always on the outs. And so them two are like a little brother, big brother. And even though not by relation, blood relation, but I think that they really have the relationship a brother, two brothers could share like Roman and Kendall but it's yeah I think that's part of I thought it was part of like the love like I could forgive you I need you I need you in this role but I also love you and I know that you're an idiot but I love you as an idiot you know yeah it was cute when he put the sticker on his head that was the funniest thing the sticker stickering for ambulating circuits were my was that was one of my favorite Again, like succession-y moments that uh-huh. was just like would only be in the show because it's a signature of these writers, which is why you need writers and not fucking AI to make shows. Anyway, um, <laughs> they're not thinking about sticker perambulating circuits. And if they did, it'd be like, what? It just wouldn't be funny. Anyway, I yeah. read an interview with Matthew McFadden in Vanity Fair. And he was talking – so he talks a lot about Tom's motivations in a ton of different things. Okay, And he says that he thinks that – Tom has a comfort with Greg because they both were like these outsiders who Mm -hmm. were not like that important. Like everyone's kind of mocking them and using them as, you know, like the scapegoat and sort of like, I don't know, the punching bag. And that Tom and Greg, Tom feels like at ease with Greg in a way that he can't get with anyone else in this world. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to keep him there. Like you're right. Like he loves him. loves him. Likes him or whatever. I think it's love. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the disgusting brothers forever. But not so disgusting. I would, they are kind of disgusting. I would really love if there was a Shiv and Tom miniseries, only four episodes. <laughs> I commented this on Sarah Snook's Instagram. It seems to have gotten very liked, very well liked. So I think there's some demand for it. If you're listening, HBO, sorry, Max, please help us out here. We, I would, I'm so curious to see what happens to those two. Speaking of Max... Just need to. I texted you right when the show when at nine o'clock when it when it aired. The fucking subtitles on Max are so ugly. Oh, they're very. Um, they are a very large font. Nineteen eighties computer. A quarter of the screen. Well, it, lo- it was like script writing font, like you know, um, yeah. American typewriter, and it was. T- but the, I was more upset with the size, so I I took off 
the subtitles and I, I use subtitles as my crutch. I like stare at them and I read them. And I almost felt like I enjoyed the episode better without them on. So I guess I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. While we're on the subject of Tom, I, we have to bring up this thing that I got sent a billion times. Yeah, about Wamsgans. Bill Wamsgans, the fucking baseball player. What happened with this Bill Wamsgans guy was he... In the World Series in the 1920s, he made an unassisted triple play, which is like you're getting three people out without any yeah. assistance from anyone else on your team, which is kind of – I mean, I don't really know much about baseball. Pretty cool, I assume, because <laughs> I don't even see how that would work. But the point is I think they're trying to say like he got the three kids out. That was like this. The, that that was the the prediction, or that was like yeah. what they had there. But then on Reddit before somebody said though maybe that was what Tom Tom already did that play when he betrayed the three of them in Italy. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I see it there. I doubt that they would give out the whole show's ending, but I knew it was gonna be Tom from seasons ago. Like I could tell it. Maybe not new, but I wanted it to be Tom for seasons ago because they were priming Tom to move up. He moved up from, he was the slow, like quiet, just getting up there. He he wanted to go to prison. He said he would go to prison. None of those kids would go to prison for the dad. I mean, I think the reason that it made sense that it was Tom is because this is a show about how dumb rich people are and how much they don't deserve to be where they are and how they're doomed because of this dynamic that they exist in. And you have Tom as the clumsy interloper who everyone thinks, oh, he's such a fool. He does say a bunch of dumb shit. He eats Logan's chicken. But you see that like Logan's whole – Logan's – That was funny. Logan's like mean, like where he drew his meaning from was that he earned what he got. Yeah. He might have been a – bastard or a salty dog a brute a brute but he did this he rose on his own or whatever well I, I we can talk about like the debates of meritocracy and how much he actually did it on his own whatever it is he clearly came from nothing and got billions of dollars tom is the closest to that he's the closest one to being a climber to being someone who did not have the security and the 
you know, all the trappings of people telling you that you're inevitable, that you're inevitably going to be in power, that it's like your birthright. No, not entitled to it. Yeah. And I think just like taking into account the whole purpose of the show and the whole message that they wanted to send, there's a reason they made them all really non-redeeming characters that like it's hard to kind of argue who is the worst. And I think that that is that they were trying to just make it really clear that the quote unquote winner, if you could even call him the winner, is somebody who earned the win. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And it's funny also the other thing that people were saying was like the iPhone thing, how Tom had an Android and Apple doesn't let Androids. But I, I don't think that he's a villain in any in any way, though, Tom. I don't think the iPhone thing. I think that that's I like think it was has just to do with whether Apple will like do product placement rather than you could use, I think, whatever prop you like, want. Did Greg have an iPhone when he was when he was? No, Greg, he was using the translator app, which yeah. let me just say that was fucking smart. So smart. That Greg, was like Greg the is a little, smartest thing we've yeah. ever done. We've ever seen them do. Uh-huh. And you know that Greg is somewhat savvy, but maybe isn't. But he bet on the wrong team. He wanted I'm not the quad. Sure he even, I'm not sure he even knew who he was going for. I think he was. he had at this point descended into such a world of two-facedness that he wasn't even sure who he was going for. And he was purposely, I think, I imagine him like jumping between two cliffs, like just not sure which one will work. And then he'll jump to the, he was going to just like kind of try to stay. Because Tom said right before that scene, said to him, like, you know, we're going to be okay. You're going to get a massive pay cut. Like basically told him he's not going to get any money. So he was like, okay, going with Tom not going to be the move. I'm not going to get the best thing. If I go with Kendall, I'll at least can argue for more of a status. And I think that's what, because he had the, this like, golden ticket and information to help him get there. So like Greg did push push the the plot forward, but only because I think if Tom had said to him again, like, listen, this is going to be our way forward you have to stick with me. We're going to make it to the end. I don't think Greg would have done that. But I don't think Tom knew that he was – I don't think Tom realized that he was in until the Later. last second. I don't think that Tom was necessarily like solid in him feeling like, oh, this is where he asked me to be the CEO. He just sort of floated the idea. I think there was more time that happened after where then they put him in the announcement and then they did all this stuff where it was more obvious between that and him going and telling Shiv it's going to be me. It was there was definitely more conversations that happened between them where they brought more people in. Right. Well, I mean, Greg asks Kendall, are you guys going to win? Because yeah. I'll give you something and we can can we quad it up, but only if you <laughs> think you can win. Right. It's like I don't think that I think that Greg and Tom were so they were so like fluid in those last moments because mm-hmm. it really was not clear how it was going to end up at, at the vote. Yeah. There was one more thing that I do think was really open to interpretation, which was that Stitches scene with mm-hmm. Roman and Kendall. That to me was the most brutal um, part of the episode where I was really, really cringing. What did you think of that? Because there were, I saw a bunch of different interpretations of that and I definitely had my own. I didn't read any yet, but my interpretation was like a few things were happening at that moment. Kendall knows his brother very well. 
he knows that he he that his brother like finds comfort in pain so there's that and also he understood what roman was saying basically like i can't look like a pussy for why i can't be the ceo like i'm losing from co-ceo you're being ceo i have to show up there and especially in front of jerry because she had just with this in. like tiny little yeah she she triggers him with this tiny little tiny scratch i need to it needs to look better it needs to look worse like he could and then he says why couldn't it be me by pointing at his scar and so i think it was like when he says why couldn't it be me he's both saying like i need to look more fucked up but also like i need to feel the pain of why it isn't me and like his comfort is his dad knew that this is how he felt pain like he's like a fucked up kid sends dick pics for pleasure like only can get it up for when he's being humiliated he needs to feel humiliation for like joy and comfort and kendall knows that and so i think by this like hug the hug was like a sh showing of love and like brotherly fraternal love but at the same time putting his like getting the stitch out physically to make him look more tussled but at the same time making him feel the pain because his his brother wasn't pulling away he was yes, pushing he was. no he was pushing himself in more no he wasn't yes he was saying fuck you you bastard on per like on purpose he was just saying that no he was i had pushing the total himself. opposite interpretation he was pushing himself in more no, he wasn't he was trying to pull away he was uh -uh. like what are you doing no i think he wanted that absolutely no, and then he picked up and he was like okay thanks basically no. this is broken oh absolutely there was no i didn't see it in any other oh way oh my god i had the exact opposite interpretation and i think that the fact that i am so shocked that you think that kendall was doing this out of love no kendall wasn't doing it out of love i think roman was asking for it no and he kendall wasn't. interpreted that as like okay i get it what you're doing like it was totally like conversation with the eyes he kept asking oh, for it. he's like why wouldn't i have it he was pointing at his scar. i mean he looked ridiculous i didn't think that he looked good so Who? i was like roman i was like why does he think that he doesn't look bad enough he looks like shit no but he wanted to look even worse and that's why he pulled his that's why in the in the scene that's why he, he said it he was like I can't look like I pussied out with this the scar. It's not even that bad. And then he's like, he's like wiping away the blood, like sort of dramatically, like in the boardroom. I I I know that maybe that I know that he was trying to say I can't look like I pussied out. That was but only I one think part. that Kendall. Yeah. I saw that more as like Kendall's like, okay, so let me take care of that for you in an evil way, in like, oh, like this is what I got to do. To me, that felt like. Roman is kind of having like a little bit of a, a crisis moment because yeah. he sees Jerry. She comes in. He's saying like, oh, why can't I do it? Why can't I do it? And then Kendall sees an opportunity to do that. I agree he knows that his brother likes pain, but I don't think he's doing it out of like some generosity. I think he's doing it like, let me knock him out to ensure my own position and to like show I have power over him. To me, Roman was trying to pull away maybe it started as like as like a little bit of like a bear hug that was accepted but my my read was that he wanted out of that hug long before the stitches popped oh i and thought he liked it because he wasn't mad he when he pulled like, away he was he like was, oh, he was like almost like a nod of like okay thanks 
and and it, it, it he wasn't he was mad. Like, he was broken. pushing himself in. Like, no, I thought he was pushing himself so away. I thought he was very clearly trying to push away, and Kendall was pushing him in more. He was pushing he him w- in for sure, like yeah. not letting him get out. I mean, even the fact that we're sitting here and debating whether or not no, Kendall popping totally Roman. No but, no, but what I'm saying is like. The fact that Kendall popping Roman stitches could even be possibly that there's like even a large number of people trying to interpret this as like a loving act is so wild when you think about how the window of discourse has moved for the show. Like that this very clearly abusive thing. Well, is, I don't. I don't think it was considered loving. A, I don't think it was. I'm not saying it was like an act of love. No, like I don't they think love each other life, so it's much. An act of love, no, no. Even like, in the show, I think it was more of like an understanding. Like I know you, and I know what you're begging for in this moment. You're in a really low point, and you're asking me to do something, and I'm going to hug you because I know you're going through a hard thing. Like that is the only love, but the actual act of what he did was brutal, and what they both did. And but Roman was what asking did Roman for do? it. He was I, asking for it. He, he asked for him really, to do though. it. When he was like looking like he was about to lose his mind, he was like pointing at it, at the stitches and goes, why can't it be me? And then he goes, comes here for a hug. And so at this while, he also was basically asking him for to unpop his stitches. So he looked more rough and like he really can't, it really can't be him in front of other people. I think he was also... He needs the pain and the humiliation as we've seen season after season. And even in the last one, when he went to get beat up by all those people to feel like whole. I agree that that is like the underlying psychological situation that's going on with Roman. But I do not think that that is why Kendall did it is my point. Like, I think that, yes, that's true of Roman, but I don't believe that that's like, I think Kendall was like, only thinking about himself at that moment, regardless of what we as viewers are seeing for why it happened. I think Kendall took it as like, he took something, he took a vulnerability that Roman was expressing and he decided to use it in a way that was fitting for his ends. Another time that Roman was triggered by Jerry, I think, when he got like really emotional was during this sticker scene that which was... Like you said, like a very succession-y scene with the... Sticker perambulating circuits. Yeah, like, it's just like an auction, essentially, of stickers. Also, I want to call out before I get to the triggering part was I th- I don't know if this is true, but I got the feeling that when they asked, like, where are all his medals? And Connor goes, we already did a... Like, I did a, a round one. And Roman's like, who was part of that round? And Connor, like, starts to crack up. But then also Roman cracks up in a way that he's never cracked up before in this show. And then they all kind of laugh because Connor goes, well, that was solely me. I felt like that was an act like they broke and maybe they should have cut. But then they left that in because it was sort of a little bit more like that last sibling moment that we're going to see them all together, like kind of loving. But I've seen like, you know, bloopers and I watched SNL where they crack and like, in other shows, I mean, bloopers, not this one, they don't have bloopers. I just felt that that may have been what happened, but I'm obviously not sure. Um, I think that's possible. I think that, I mean, so the way they shot funny the funny and cute. <laughs> it seems like the way they shot the show, they were like exchange, they were shooting a lot and they didn't, 
they weren't as I think like clear based on how I've heard the actors describe it. They weren't as clear on like what they were going to actually use in the show versus what was just footage. And I think they ended up. I wouldn't be that surprised if if they, they used improved that. that because I think it helped to take them to the next scene, which was the one that I think that Roman got a little bit triggered by was when Connor puts up that home video of of dinner with dad, and it was like you know the old guard as they called them. And then whenever Je- when Jerry got on the screen. You could see they pan to Roman. He got a little emotional. But I thought that scene was part of why maybe this is where the seeds started to implant in Shiv. And maybe all of them, but mostly Shiv. That like, and maybe I'm wrong, but that these people were actually, like they're getting to see behind that door. And you said that earlier. I I felt the same way. And that these people had a real relationship with Logan they were like having fun with them. And I'll, we'll talk about Connor li- like right after. But he really, re- it showed in that moment that he respected them. Whereas the kids never respected them. They thought they were these suits. Why are they here? They're old, this old fox. Like, but really, Logan took them seriously. They were playing, they were singing. And I thought that was maybe a peak of like, hmm, maybe they, there is a reason why they've been so close to Logan. Maybe they worked or earned their positions and their and their station as Logan's like numbers, twos, threes, fours, and five for all of this time. And the kids, while they didn't really show their reaction. They were holding hands. No, showed their reaction about, I think they were holding hands because they were so, so, saw dad. But this interpretation of their reaction, they didn't like sh- show that. But this is how I interpreted it. And maybe Shiv seeing that, like, I think maybe that's maybe where it, the seed just sort of planted and like being like, okay, I'm not that. I never had that with dad. Candle definitely fucking didn't. Connor did. And Connor had that relationship and Connor could actually roast Logan, dad. And this was a question from other people, but um, like, was Connor actually the closest with dad? And we started talking about that in, in this season, in our episodes. But it kind of showed that he was. Oh, for sure. I think that to your point about the people who were in that video, yes, Logan, everyone with the exception of Connor who worked with him, I believe that he was able to have that relationship with them because they had earned closeness to him through their jobs. Or their relation, or Carrie, with the exception of Carrie. Yeah. But I think Carrie, though, was a point to show that like, okay, we saw this like intimate moment between Logan and Carrie. It wasn't like this young sex thing assistant it was like i'm sitting next to him i put my arm on him i put my head on him there was a love and it makes sense why she's been crying and so upset you know it's not a joke right i mean i didn't think that he i thought that that was a real relationship like that was my sense because it had developed over the past you know between italy and now so there was that I agree with you that Connor was definitely the closest with him. And I think that now I can rewatch or I can think back on past moments between Connor and Logan, like when he goes and asks him for $100 million casually and Logan's like, stop running for president. Yeah. I don't think that a con- even though that conversation is like very, quote, high stakes, mm-hmm. I don't think that that kind of conversation could have ever happened with any of the three other siblings. And I think part of it is that Connor's – the eldest son, naturally. He is separate from the three. 
that mm-hmm. are kind of like Logan, I think, saw as like his legacy. So he never allowed them in at any point. Even though Logan obviously wasn't great to Connor, like Connor says stuff like he never cared about me. His superpower is that he doesn't need Logan's love. But I think that's actually what was able to make them have a relationship because he wasn't – Logan, I think, detested the idea that someone would need him. And Connor's ability to to exist without needing him emotionally, even though he needed him financially, allowed them to have less – of a barrier between them mm-hmm. because with the other kids, it was always like, how am I grooming them? How am I manipulating them? But with Connor, he was never in the running for that. Yeah. I thought it was like a kind of a sweet moment. And you could also see why Connor has been like so intense about putting all of this stuff together, the funeral, all of it, why he's taking charge. And why he knows what his dad actually wants. He knows everything about the mausoleum and all of that. Yeah, I just thought that was a sweet moment. But I think that also Roman got triggered by like seeing Jerry being taken seriously after he just fired her. I think that more than just like the firing, I think that he hates how he handled that situation. Everything. How he treated her. Yes. He didn't take her seriously. She was his like little garbage disposal of like a person. How she could have gotten him there. He could, And he he fucked up. He really did. I think that just sort of, it like reflects, it's a mirror of his own shortcomings. And I think that that's why mm-hmm. it's so hard for him to be in the presence of Jerry. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he's bullshit. They're all bullshit. That was the best line, by the way. That was him acknowledging the of the show. Yeah, that they're not serious people, that it's all bullshit. Like, and that's again why part of like why I think it was part of clearing the air and just sort of let's lay it out there. Let's be honest with ourselves and each other. We're not serious. Stop playing at it. It was like, again, like the dad was there if he was in the room telling them to like shut the fuck up and just vote this through. Like he was speaking for him. And in that moment, finally, you're like, it's finally some wisdom. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betcha's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And 
Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E.com, that's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. So let's go to We Rate You, because I think that this is a great time to talk about who our number one boy is. You're my number one boy. Okay, so who's your number one boy? Roman is my number one boy for that exact exchange we were just just discussing. I think that after the election, him going to Caroline's, I think that he had a lot of clarity over who they each were and what mm-hmm. their place really was in a post-Logan world. And he, him saying like, we're bullshit, she's bullshit, I'm bullshit, you're bullshit, was a reiteration of Logan's, you're not serious people. Like it had mm-hmm. really sunk in for him. And I think that in the end, I mean, maybe he's not, he's obviously not CEO and he's not the successor, but I think Roman ends up in the best place possible. He is not just sailing off into the sunset with his many billions of dollars, but I actually think he's at a place where he's like, yeah, this is fine and I can appreciate it. And And I I can be myself. Right, exactly. And even in the early, even earlier in the season, he had said like, why not just spend all this money on snowmobiles and sushi? Mm -hmm. And he was right. Like- you can go enjoy yourself. You don't need to be part of this. You don't need to be in this fake competition where you need to pretend that you're somebody you're not when you're really bullshit. And I thought that the last shot of him having a martini, which I saw as a nod to Jerry, but not like a, I'm obsessed with Jerry. I thought it was just sort of a little bit of symbolism. Uh-huh. Him sort of like just smiling and having a martini showed that he was at a place of completion. And that is, I think, the most any of these characters could – possibly mm-hmm. ask for. So that's why I picked him as number one, even though he is not the obvious choice. Yeah, his smile at the end was like so good and perfect. And listen, he also has a full life ahead of him. He right. can be like the shitty person that he is, which I think is part of like kind of why he smiled. It was like a fucked up smile. It was like, wow, I can just be my sh- awful self now. Yeah, like, I don't have I can to embrace pretend. Yeah, I don't need to pretend for just some... And I'm, fr- and, I, and I also, when I first saw that smirk, I felt the first thing that I was like, I'm free. That was like the first feeling of like, I'm free of all of this, of like needing dad's affection or approval. The company's got like gone. Yeah, sure. I have a fucking lot of stock in it, but the company is anyway. fine. I have, the company is not my, and mine to have anymore. I don't need to worry about it. And I'm just free. I yeah. can be awful. I was just really awful to my brother. And that's it. And he could still go on to have kids too. He doesn't, it doesn't need to be all shivy over there. He could go see a therapist. <laughs> and I think he might. I, guess. I think he has the most potential for <laughs> Part two is really the soprano. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, w- I would love to see Roman in, in therapy. therapy. Yeah, that would be a great spinoff is just the kids going to therapy. <laughs> They just, not, just not with that shitty therapist that they had that like broke his 
his tooth well, on the something. bottom of the pool. Yeah, it was so bad. Oh. Um, See, okay. that's another succession-y thing. Like yeah. the therapist. The therapist. And he was yeah. also bad. It was not good. For, oh, no. It was terrible. It was a photo op, remember? Yeah. My um number one boy is Tom. I see why you choose Roman, but I I choose Tom for obvious Tom really obvious reasons. I chose Roman for the sake of discourse on this podcast. Just discourse. <laughs> Thank you for sacrificing your vote. Tom is my number one boy. I felt it from the very early on that he was going to make it to the top. It just made sense dramaturgically. It just made sense for his character. Doesn't mean he's sailing off into the sunset. Working for Matson seems like a fucking nightmare. But he got to where he's always wanted to be and he's setting up his career in a really serious way. Like, he he was bumped up from fucking just cruises. Where was he before cruises? Baby Parks and the guy died or he left? Oh, remember? Because that guy, Bill, was like leaves him and he's like, there's some files. Yes, yes. He he leaves and then cr- he, Tom takes over. So he's went from all the way there. Yeah, I mean, Tom is definitely number one boy for the company. I mean, my feeling yeah. is more like it's just probably very hard to be Tom. And he's in sort of a – he's just but going he to continue to be anxious and up at night. And yes, he's built for it and he deserves it. Out of all these fucking clowns, he deserves it. Just going back to the Wamsgams thing. Maybe Jerry think, deserves it, but yeah, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Right. She's already been the interim CEO, whatever. The other thing with the Wamsgams, Bill Wamsgams – in the pilot, they have that baseball game where Roman says, like, mm-hmm. I'll give you a million dollars. Tom is the one who tags the kid out. So I think that probably they picked this name, you know, knowing that this was going to happen the whole time. And it really does make sense as an arc that you'd say, oh, the, el- you know, the fake eldest son who thinks he's going to be it has a downfall and the mm-hmm. underdog has a rise. Yeah. And it's also it also feels good, you know, just rating him as the number one boy. Because of all of those scenes, especially in this season, where Kendall and Roman have this like fake confidence and fake like offering to Shiv that they can kill him like several times and they like treat him like shit and he just takes it and takes it when he's like passing by them and he goes, fuck you, Tom, like a few times. And Tom just kind of goes with it. He takes it. He doesn't give a shit and he just keeps going and playing his best cards He's really savvy and he sees it from the start when he does not go with Kendall in that diner. And he was ready to drink fucking prison wine, (laughs) toilet wine. (laughs) Okay, but Kendall drank the meal fit for a kid. So I have a lot of admiration for Tom's ability to just take the hits and continue to rise. I think that that is what ultimately sets him apart from Kendall Mm -hmm. or Roman or Shiv who – Get knocked they down cry and they over just... the tiniest shit. It, like starting over. Right. Like they're desperate, but in a different way. And they're emotional yeah. and, and retaliate and seek revenge. And he just kind of takes information, like he said, and he calculates his next move and he decides what he's going to do later. And he doesn't let that drive him totally. I admire that. I do too. Okay. So who did you pick for out of the will? Fuck off. Okay. So my out of the will is because I needed to come up with someone that isn't... Because my bore on the floor was Kendall. (laughs) Bullshit. Bore on the floor. I don't think he would have been bore on the floor for losing the vote. But I think the moment when he got physical with Roman and in 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 that 
clear conference room where everybody was watching you could see when they camera panned to the people out there like the woman was not even looking she was facing the wall you could just it, they did that so masterfully like you could feel the cringe and embarrassment for Kendall like that was just so bad like you can't turn away from that I thought that was he he was the bore on the floor but that said though you know also speaking of masterful camera work when he walks to the elevator they pan to the the number that he's going to press. And I feel like all of us thought he was going to press roof, but he pressed um, zero. Did oh, you feel so that? I didn't think he was going to press roof, but I was paying attention to where he pressed. Yeah, where he pressed, but he pressed yeah. zero instead of roof. I, I just thought maybe that he would press it. Yeah, I he's my bore on the floor. So it was just so embarrassing. Everything was just so embarrassing. And then also getting like so humiliated by his brother, about his children, like that was a really hard blow. Therefore, my out of the will is <laughs> Hugo, Carl, and Frank. Like, Hugo totally just out. He's done. There's no will for him. He probably doesn't have any stock. <laughs> He's bye-bye. He probably the, got some in his and the, tip. the hard way in which fucking Tom treats him. He's like, where's Carolina? And 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 Hugo just walks away. It was so that's why good. I made him. That's why I made him my bore on the floor. Yeah. Because he was... He played into Kendall so strongly, and also he just deserved this. He's just such a little shit, and I am happy that Tom tossed him aside in favor of a serious person, Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's why I made Hugo my bar on the floor. Why Carl and Frank? Why were they your? Why were they out of the will for you? Just because they're out of the company? Well, they're out of the company. Golden parachute or another run of the rodeo. But I think that because they are, you think maybe they have a chance of staying, but they don't. They have no chance. They're getting. They're on the kill list. Tom right. says that they're both dead. He doesn't need them breathing down their, his over his shoulders or down his neck or whatever he said. But I really, the reason why I picked these is mostly because I felt like Kendall needed to be the bore on the floor. I felt his humiliation was louder than his sort of out of the family. So I picked him as out of the will. I mean, he's still getting his, still getting quite a big payout. So I guess mm-hmm. he's not technically out of the will, but I see him as out of the will because of his siblings aren't going to speak to him anymore mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. His real inheritance is the supervision of Colin. And I don't, I think that he really like declined. I think that he gave up his relationships. He gave up everything to take a run at CEO. And now he, he says he doesn't have anything. I mean, the infertility stuff was, really really dark but also i'm so happy that they chose that as the sort of kendall bombshell rather than having him jump into the water at the end or jump off Mm -hmm. the roof there's a lot of questions about what's the deal with his kids roman seemed to say one was a buy-in and one was half rava's half a random filing cabinet guy right so i interpreted that as one adoption so that's sophie which they've said yes and and iverson is Rava's egg and a sperm donor, hence filing cabinet, not like an affair, you know? Right, right. So to me, I don't think that Kendall would be adopting and using a sperm donor if it wasn't a Kendall problem, because clearly Rava's fine. You know, she's having the her own biological child. So, and and the other thing was that Roman wasn't saying that as his own opinion. He was invoking Logan's opinion, meaning yeah, that we were, always said they're not real. 
Right. Meaning that we were intended to interpret that as Kendall does not have his own heirs. Mm-hmm. So in the way that it happened, though, so they first adopted Sophie. Because I was talking to our friend yeah. about that. Or did they first try? I'm not with, sure who's older. They first, well, they first tried. Because Sophie's like taller. She seems like she's older. But it's also possible that they they could have adopted Sophie as an older child after they had Iverson. That's also possible. But either way, a lot of people were like, wait, so did Rava cheat on Kendall? No. And I don't think so. Filing a guy means sperm donor. Sperm That's what donor. he was saying. That's yeah. how Roman would say it. Yeah, Like, I agree. oh, a rando. Because also it's like, if it was not a rando, he would say she cuckolded you or something. You know, she he would, he would say something to imply that Rava cheated rather mm-hmm. than like, the yeah. randomness of the filing cabinet guy. But that was like, that is Kendall's essential driving driver. The yeah. fact that he needs a legacy and he doesn't feel like he can have a legacy that's not this because A, it was promised to him at age seven and B, he, I imagine, is very strongly affected by the fact that he cannot have kids that are biologically his. Speaking of other things that happened in that scene about um, – and a lot of people were like, wait, I don't understand, like, the kill the kid scene, like, the, the conversation oh. about killing the kid. Did he not actually kill the kid or he's just saying that – We saw him kill the kid. Well, I what I think was he was doing, again, a reflection of his poor – he was in panic mode. And I think he was just trying to say that that thing has been cleaned up and it's not a problem anymore – Therefore, it never happened rather than like he didn't want to be vulnerable in that moment because he was panicking. So he was sort of saying and it was also fucked up for Shiv to bring that up. Honestly, but, she, that's what she should have brought up in the yes, Caribbean. Yes, that's what I mean in that moment in the way that she just brought that up um, because use that really fucked up vulnerable moment that they had together that was a bonding moment with them in Italy in a way where he was really down, not bring it up ever again until this moment. True, it's true. Like, how could you be CEO if you have this fucking bad thing that you did or didn't do or were a part of or cleaned up? No, he even we can talk about the mechanics of whether what, what, regardless, he did it doesn't it, matter. He did it. It doesn't like matter. He he did it. I know. think I think people were saying online that like, was it just that he was like trying to say that this actually was just like a fig of like his imagination running wild and actually he was just depressed in that moment. Like, no, like that, they, they wouldn't have introduced that like in that moment. I think it was definitely just- We, were, we saw it. We, we I saw it. We were there. <laughs> I believe my interpretation of that was really that like he was just trying to say it never happened. Like Colin cleaned it up. Like this never happened. It was swept, paid off everything. It's not, it's a non-issue saying like, this is not going to be an issue for me when I'm a CEO. Here, here's the thing from Roman and Shiz's perspective they don't they weren't there to see it like we were they don't know that it happened right. so for them it's like wait you lied or this didn't happen also right. Kendall was like which what did you catch that yeah to me that was like wait I need to know more about this why did he say which and okay I also think that what part of the reason I feel so strongly about Kendall being more cruel than giving in the stitches <laughs> is because of this scene in the context of this scene i see this as in the past like two hours the last two hours of succession the show kendall has like walter whited it to like the extreme like he's really 
fallen so, so, so far in these last moments that he is willing to do that to Roman. And he is willing to deny the one moment of growth that he had, which was admitting that he is Mm -hmm. somewhat responsible for the death of somebody. Because again, we can... No, it doesn't matter what really happened because ultimately at the end of the day, he was in this car. It did happen. Somebody died. He then went to pay the mother off with an envelope of cash. So it just – the idea that he, he's denying it because his humanity is gone is how I perceived it. When he said which, I think it was one of two things or both things at once. It was either him being like acting sort of dumb or being like, I've already forgotten him, or three things. I've already forgotten about it, and therefore this is not. I'm just gonna say like, what, which, what are you talking about? Or, or three, where maybe he's casually gotten himself into the situation before when he was much younger, hit somebody with his car, did one of those things that Roman said that he's done before. Maybe it wasn't to the extreme of like him being in the car, like the way that this happened and hurt him, like in such a way but um it could have been any of those things if he were just to be like wait what are you talking about he'd be like what the word which wouldn't even come out of your mouth unless it's some sort of weird mistake or just you misspoke i don't think it was a misspeaking i think it was that he knows what he was talking about and so therefore he got nervous in that moment it like was a heart into the stomach moment i can't believe you're bringing this up right now and using it against me in this moment. Yes, maybe in the back of my mind, I've always thought this, but I never wanted to confront it. And so he was just sort of like, which? You know, it was like not, what? You killed someone? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? I think it was just like, he doesn't know what to say, and he says the wrong word, but I don't think that he didn't know. I think it it could mean that he's done it before, and it's just to show that these, they're kids. Hopefully they'll talk about it on something because that was just glossed over. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Let's talk about one final thing as part mm-hmm. of our forecast. We'll never know the answer to this, but yes. the election. Yes. What do you think happens with the election? I love how they also like have not brought up PGN. Um, are they going to buy PGN? <laughs> they don't have enough money, I don't think. Or maybe they do. I don't know. They can. No, the stock is went up. The price of the, their shares went up. But they don't have $10 million. They can't bring do it. out. Yeah, because the three of them don't have it together also why do they need to do this no they're not doing it no obviously i love but that's more of like what this was a whole episode of the season like it was was just to show you that it was not they're not serious people they're just chasing something i'm just saying i love that that was not even like acknowledged at all as like a future point of anything that's happening but in terms of the election okay so shiv brought up that thing about wisconsin yeah, maybe it goes through, maybe it doesn't go through in a way I don't think it matters. 
because I, I, I don't think that Tom would be removed as CEO anyway. Oh, no. I'm just thinking about whether Willa and Connor will be going to Slovenia or <laughs> yeah. if only Connor will be going to Slovenia. I don't, I don't see them having a long distance relationship, so maybe not. <laughs> but I thought that that was what was a really funny point, that the consequence of the election was mostly we're meant to see that the biggest consequence of the election on these characters is <laughs> what happens to Willa and Connor's relationship, not what happens to the company or the news division or anything. It's like, will Well, the Connor... company's fine because ATN, head of ATN, is head of the show, is the American CEO. Yeah. Well, I think that that is... I think that Tom is going to have a shitty future. Shiv is also going to have a hard time. But I also think that they're both very comfortable in that. And that is... Why good. do you think, though, that there was such an emphasis this season about the election when in the end... It almost kind of didn't really matter who won or who didn't. Because I think that the election is and politics are inextricable from Logan Roy's legacy and his rise. Even a bunch of seasons ago, Kendall mocks Logan and says that his job is really like befriending presidents and paying people off and that kind of thing. And I think that, I mean, the election... Regardless of whether the results mattered for the show, it was a major – a lot of things turned on the politics of it. And the ATN versus PGM question was created because of the election and because of politics. And while it seems like, oh, these people aren't really affected by politics that much, I think that the fact that Logan cared so much about it was something that they could – you couldn't – it was critical to the show because of the kind of company Waystar is and because of who Logan was and what he found important in his job. Yeah. And what he cared about. And be, and even PGM, they only cared about PGM because Logan was obsessed with PGM. No, I see that. I was just, I felt like it was just like something because it was such a non-thing at the end, but it was such a big thing like Well, it's a non-thing <laughs> because it ago. doesn't really affect the kids. Exactly. It doesn't really matter to them. Even they don't Romans, actually like, care. No, they don't actually care. They use – I also – maybe it's just that like they use this giant American election as a as like a game in their in their it's war. Their kids. You know, it's like one battle of their whole mm – -hmm. of their constant fighting to get, at the, get to the top. Like they use the election. I think it was also important for the plot too because Shiv – this is Shiv's like arena and it was a chance for her to – it was the reason why she was chosen or respected by Matson first. At first, that too. I think that was. was part of it, and then they needed that for her to be then shivved. <laughs> right. Well, why did she care about politics? Probably because Logan did. Why does she care about democratic politics? Probably because Logan didn't Logan like didn't. them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that also, like, they're because they are a media company. There is the regulatory question, and it. It was, it works. I also love like the, the way that they even talked because this is the first episode this season that jumped in time further than just one day. And did you notice that like the news, the like over, the voiceover over just like the city and whatever was just the newscaster saying regulatory concerns receded yes. and that's all they had to say about it. Like it was, it was so, it was such like a intense thing that Kendall and, and Roman cooked up that 
it just was a nothing. It's a big nothing. They're all big nothings. It's all bullshit. Right. What do you think is the fate of Shiv and Tom? I think that they'll probably continue much like they are now in a an alternating battle of power, which is also sort of attractive to them mm-hmm. in some way. I don't know if I see them divorcing officially. I just can't really. I don't see it unless it's like way later. Tom is no longer CEO. Yeah. Right, kids are a little older. Yeah, like their kids, fifteen maybe. She moves on from even wanting to deal with Matson because the fact that she even like goes back and chooses the person who betrayed her, two people who betrayed her, over her brothers who also betrayed her, and it's just like she just had to choose the side, and I think she she chose the kid, and she also chose the company. Yeah, it was like finally someone is choosing, and this is what I said last. My prediction was somebody was going to choose sort of love or like the business over themselves and their ambition. And I think that's what Shiv, well, yes, she does get some perk of ambition here and power, but really she doesn't at all. She has no standing except being the wife. And she, and you know, Tom gets the name and also the convenience of being still married to your wife, as, (laughs) as Tom said to her. Think of the scheduling. And they have, yeah, I'm so glad you finally fall in love with our scheduling. I do think that she really was genuine when she asked him if he wanted to have a real relationship. And he genuinely said, I don't know. And I think maybe there is a chance for them to have a real relationship once they kind of process (laughs) what happened. Because now she can really respect him. And there's a chance for them, for real. They are on even playing ground and they've said what they've said. I, I have hope for them too, even though that hand holding <laughs> so fucking depressing. Well, they weren't going to be like into each other immediately. I don't have like such hope for them as a normal relationship. No. Of well, respect. But I do feel that it can continue. I also don't think that Shiv really chose the business or love. I think that this, I think that she lived the Jerry ethos, which is what will advance my interests. And this advanced her interests. I think she's better off on this position. She's kind of the same mm-hmm. as she was before. She's just like the the close family member of the person in charge. Did you notice that there was the picture of Shiv on Logan's desk, but only mm-hmm. Shiv next to Reagan? And I couldn't tell who the other person was, but yeah, it was just little she's in the shitty. same exact position. She's like the closest thing to the favorite woman the apple of the, of pers- the eye <laughs> i was gonna say that but then i was like neither of these people are <laughs> the apple, <laughs> the apple of the eye of yeah. the ceo <laughs> right exactly like that's who she is who she's still that she's the i think she's kind of in the same position mm-hmm. i think she's actually kind of better off with tom being the one especially now that she is having now she doesn't kid. have to take a quick maternity leave because she doesn't have a job <laughs> right right she doesn't need to do 36 hours I think that she was better off than her brothers. Like Tom is going to be, I think, totally more loyal to her than her brothers ever would. Because she has the kid. Like, and she chose, I think, uh, part of it. And because they are part of it. He did love her. Yeah, they're married. And she, but also she has, like, if she wants to maybe even, maybe like a spark of a notion of of doing not what the mom did and not being like her mom. And not being like her dad and not have doing the same thing to their kids, kid kids, as their her parents did. She had to go with Tom yes. for just that. 
and maybe it wasn't like the driving force, but I, that's why I said in the beginning, like I've this, I would have been, maybe, maybe it's not so crystal clear about whether she would or wouldn't do this, but I feel like it wouldn't have been so obvious to her. It was just like the nail in the coffin, like clearly I'm going to choose this than you fucking idiots. Like, I think that. I, but I also was- am optimistic. I have hope for them. And I also have hope for Roman. I think he's going to become friends with Jerry again. <laughs> I have the most hope for Roman of everybody. Because oh, he was he had the most <laughs> clarity at the end. He had yeah. the most clarity on like who they all were and what had just gone on. And I think that having clarity and yeah, like in maybe. a weird way, he felt content. Yes. With, as content as a Roy could be. I, I just don't have like... Clarity I don't have and contentment like, are all you can ask for in life. For what he's gonna do with him, his life, or what does himself. he need to do with his life? Well, what, what I what does Kendall he, do with his life? He needs a mentor, and I think that maybe he's. I really believe he's gonna become try to mend the relationship between him and Jerry now that he's out. I can see it for him. That's my optimistic take on all three characters. I could I could see that for him in several years, but I just don't think that any of them are going to have real careers, and I think that that's fine. Yeah, they and don't need them. Right, just like go they don't have know fun. the value of work. Why start now? <laughs> They're never gonna learn it. Oh, it was funny when Roman was like, uh, "What you're gonna get us like, like get us a job at the mall and teach us the value of money?" <laughs> exactly. The fact that they like made fun of that is like very telling. Yeah, they don't, they don't know that, and that's why we hate and love them. I know. Have you read anything? This is my final question. Have you read anything about like? the symbolism of the water with Kendall because there was a lot of water this season a lot more than before <laughs> yeah no I haven't read anything specific but I think it's like hit you over the head with the symbolism of the water yeah but it, it's not just in this season they started that no, trend sure. a long time ago I want to watch back and look for it a little bit more of the origin of it one of the origins was when he's in the bath as he's like about to go like action stations. Yeah, the empty he, bathtub. But that wasn't the first. Yes, but then there's also he, in the beginning of the second season, his dad calls him when he's in that like pool in Iceland. Yeah, right. No, but I mean like the origin of like him and what water means to him. Oh. And means to his character. And maybe there was like a story about that. Well, didn't they say that like Logan was afraid of water, but then they in the same episode where they showed him getting out of the pool with his marks on his back so maybe it was something about mm. being in contrast to logan roman seems to not really like water that much his thing about the thing about the seas is they're all they're connected, connected. <laughs> like a giant water subway full of things that will eat me <laughs> yeah you said that you were paying attention to see at the end when kendall was going in the elevator if he, he would go to the roof it didn't really occur to me that he would go to the roof because I always saw him as a bridge jumper into some water because of that symbolism that they had really hammered home. He goes into the water in Malibu, I think, when they were in California. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of water scenes with him. I think water, like, in, like, a bigger sense is supposed to symbolize, like, transition or birth mm-hmm. or, like, a rebirth. And, and that maybe. Maybe it's like they put it at transitional phases. You know, when he almost drowns himself, but he is okay. Mm-hmm. 
like a cleansing but it's also interesting that in that last and final scene he does he goes up to it but then he backs off and he sits down just to look at it and to me i think that that meant like maybe there is a chance for kendall in that he's gonna now maybe instead of going and getting cleansing himself of what this happened like maybe he'll look back on it and like kind of think about it before he you know not to i don't mean to say this literally but jumps you know just sort of before he goes back next to the next thing maybe he's gonna think about it some more before he gets back into the water i don't really see any signs of that but i do appreciate that they left it open-ended so that we could all project whatever we want to happen to Kendall onto mm-hmm. the the end of him. Because mm-hmm. I just think that this was the best possible ending. It was not like they were trying so hard to put something, to make something exciting happen that would have everyone like yeah. shocked. Yeah. And like, I think it no was apocalypse. <laughs> you can think, oh, he'll he'll learn from this and he'll grow. Or you could be like, I don't see that happening. The other thing about the water, too, I just wanted to point out is like that feeling of being lost at sea, like you're you're floating in this. Yeah. In this big thing of water, whether you're down or up or whatever it is. And because he wasn't in the water at the end, he was just looking out at it that like I think it symbolized potentially like the closure as we were talking about before, that he's no longer maybe. Yeah, he's lost in a different way, but he's no longer. It's very clear what is not his path forward and that's with what this company and that's what he needed that's what i mean i'm a little optimistic because he needed it but and now he has colin just watching over him he is a babysitter he wants to call he's it a bodyguard a, he's a little but boy. colin is a babysitter because he's a boy wait a we called the colin we said the colin would come back yes but in a way that isn't gonna mess fuck with kendall but is going to watch over him as his Dad, it's almost now his, like, now now this is Colin's new fulfillment of life. Like, he's he's doing what his boss, who he loved, wanted maybe for him to do, you know? Yeah, because Logan was always looking out for Kendall. Always. My number one boy. My number one boy. Oh, my God. So should we end our, our final succession episode? I'm so is, upset. This is the end? It's very oh. upsetting. It's very upsetting, but also, again, closure is good for all of us. Yes. It's a good, I think it ended, like you were saying, it was ended so well, non-dramatically, but also there was a dramatic moment, jaw-dropping moment. And I thought it was perfect. I'm going really to miss these characters, as I do Tony Soprano. And <laughs> They'll be I, on your Max app. I'm going... <laughs> I'm going to listen to um, Jeremy Strong on like the HBO Succession podcast later on my walk. He's such a character. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. You know what's funny? I The reason why I like Kendall is because I loved Jeremy Strong in The Big Short. And the reason why I even watched Succession season one, episode one, when it aired was because they they marketed it as like from the producer Adam Mc of the big short adam mckay and i was like okay well i my favorite movie i gotta watch this show on hbo my favorite channel like i gotta do all this and so like that's why i love i've always loved kendall in this fucked up 
and all of his fucked up edness. I remember when the show was coming out and we talked about it, we were like, this is going to be so good. We were really excited for it. And you and I saw Big Short together. And we love the Big Short. We love the Big Short. I feel that one day we are going to write a dark <laughs> dramedy like this. And I, I could just, I only hope. So badly. I just, I feel that we can do it. I felt really also sad for Jesse Armstrong when he was talking about it. It's like, I can never do anything like this. Yes, as you good can, as this Jesse. again yes, no but you, you know he's just saying that i'm and i in my head i was like jesse yeah you'll just take some time off it'll be a few years you never know what kind of actors you might run into call us jesse call we, us. we here for you maybe the reason i kendall bothers me is because he's or jeremy strong because he is such a he's so good at the the role that it just i genuinely find him so fucking annoying because when he <laughs> When he smiled and they were like, smile, bitch. When he smiled, I was like, I really, my smile was big. Because I was like, oh, that's the nice Jeremy. That's the oh, guy. I didn't like his smile. Oh, I thought it was so cute. I was like, I was like oh, yay. You're weak. <laughs> oh, my God. That's when I liked him. I was like, can you just stop trying to be such a fucking no. idiot? And like. I I, actually get human so unsettling to me they kept panning to back and forth and back and forth to him on this and i and i was when i watched it with rusty again later he was can they just get out of the water like i need them to get out of the water like i can't this is so unsettling like what is Why? gonna happen it's just the way in which they shot it felt very dark like, it was like a dark dream sequence and you really didn't and, and it was as unsettling as like the waves we're going and it was so physically it was like actually literally dark and they even like the shot of jeremy going into the water kendall it was like a little blurry and it was just like all kind of like oh my god something it bad is gonna happen it was disorienting How? it was just it was something bad was gonna happen and that's why i couldn't take the smile seriously because i was like this is not good when jeremy's happy things or kendall is not happy things are never good <laughs> well when i when what disoriented me about that scene is that they like cut between the kids being like let's go tell him and then just they were there mm -hmm. that's what disoriented me the way that that cut mm -hmm. so quickly i felt that that was very unlike the way they usually film and also i was trying to think like okay this water is probably warm it's really hot out it's not like titanic water no but they but also i've been on a beach at night and i'm not trying to swim out so you know. scared yeah like, I'm like i just Roman. don't there's just things that are gonna kill me they're all interconnected yeah the, sh the sharks they don't commute I know. um no i love jeremy's smile i would love to make him smile like that you know he's I can't just adorable. wait to see what he's in next i can't wait to see what shiv is in next all he of says them he's taking a minute between he's, he's in a play he's in an ibsen play oh he would right he fucking would that's what all the like drama kids jessica chastain and anne hathaway they're all being in all these fucking plays i think they all need they're adorable to, obviously we'll have to take a minute because every this is this is a big role for them to be remembered as but and i think sarah snook has maternity leave exactly oh she posted a really cute photo of her and her the top of her baby's head watching the last episode and just being like thank you so much everyone it was just, i'm obsessed cute. with her she will be my <laughs> actress crush for the rest of my life i am you know just i, just I love just her british accent 
She's Australian. And her red hair, whatever, Australian, British. I just love her red hair. You know, I love redheads. Red devil. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody who joined us for these last 10 episodes and went along for the ride of our favorite show that has ended. If you loved our show as much as you love Succession, please just, you know, flood our reviews with five stars. That would be so nice. We appreciate it so much. We do that. We do this because we truly love the show. And this is fun. Like I'm going to be sad when I delete our succession recording off of my calendar. Yeah. I have to say that like as much as I'm getting my Mondays back, because literally <laughs> yeah. all I've done on the for the past 10 Mondays is recap succession on this podcast and then recap succession for the website. And then yeah, I know. that takes my whole day. So it I'm happy to have my Mondays back, but this has been the best thing I could ever want to do on a Monday. So agreed. Look, I'd pick it over lots of things, you know, well, lots of lots of different things. And so, thank you guys so much for coming along with us doing what we love so much. And we won't have any more. We won't be back next Monday, but we will be back every Thursday talking about celeb news, pop culture, all of the fun stuff. So please stick around, subscribe to this show. Um, who knows, maybe we'll come back for another show that we love White to Lotus. start recapping <clears throat> White Lotus. Um, <laughs> I they think have to film. So. They're, they're, they're going to do it. It's going to be Thailand, we all know. And oh, I'm so fucking excited for that. We cannot wait. So that anyway. is it. For this episode, this final episode of our Succession Recap, you can follow me at Aileen. Follow me at Sammy. And until next time, we here for you. ATM, we here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Sparkling Ice. Bold, unforgettable, and a tall glass of much more than water. Sparkling Ice is the anything but subtle bottle of tasty goodness made with an anti-soda attitude and more antioxidants. With over 17 original flavors, fizzing with zero sugar, vitamins, and antioxidants, Sparkling Ice is all in on bold flavor that you can taste. Pick one up and put the ah back in your day. You can find Sparkling Ice just about wherever your thirst hits, from online to grocery stores, bodegas, and convenience stores. Betches.